Imagine a workstation where your devices seem to disappear, keeping you in a state of flow for hours. Imagine a superior typing experience and a mouse crafted for comfort. Now add smart illumination, programmable hotkeys, smart software, and connection to up to three devices. Discover MX Master Series, crafted for performance, designed for coders. Find out more on Logitech.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am your host, Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, joined by the wonderful members of my content crew, Ira May and Ryan Donovan. What's going on, y'all? Oh, not much. How you doing? Not much. I don't know if you know about this, but there's a new AI feature. I could be reading off of a script, Mm -hmm. but it makes my eyes look as if I'm looking at you. So I'm actually reading I'm not even looking at you or thinking about you, but my face says <laughs> I'm paying attention. Uh, smoothing out the indifference. I love it. Awesome. Good to know. Thank you. Exactly. Man. Yeah. I, that also works for our one-on-ones, just <laughs> FYI. Yeah, I was assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to rub it in or anything. <laughs> <laughs> our guest today is Matt Martin from Clockwise. We are going to be chatting about productivity developer productivity, AI, software, and uh, his experience in the tech world and also building things at a company. So Matt, welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Tell folks a little bit about yourself, just a quick flyover, and then yeah, what it is uh, Clockwise does and, and that you do there. It's like a watch. It's like a Swatch competitor. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we're we're very 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 big in Switzerland. Nice. Uh, no, so so a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm Matt Martin. I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of Clockwise. Uh, I do have a technical background. I'm a self-taught software engineer. Um, mostly did front end. Uh, so I spent much of my life on Stack Overflow. Uh, and uh, Clockwise, which we founded about six years ago, Clockwise is an AI enabled calendar automation tool that coordinates the way individuals, teams, and companies prefer to work. So it, it helps take the pain out of scheduling and helps create time on your schedule for your most productive work. And we do that largely by um, coordinating meeting times. So we've, you know, over the companies that we work with, we've rescheduled 12 million meetings. Uh, we created <laughs> 5 million hours of focus time. And we work, we tend to work with uh, other software technology companies like uh, Netflix, Uber, uh, Elastin, et cetera. But we, we can work anywhere. Okay. You rescheduled. How many meetings have you like just canceled? Like how many meetings can you just <laughs> take off? My could have been an email. Like just don't even bother with this meeting. Do you do that so, as well? So I, I have to let the audience down. We have canceled no meetings. Oh, uh, bummer. I know, I know, huge bummer. We we encourage that philosophically. If it shouldn't be a meeting, take it off the schedule. But the last thing that we want to be responsible for as an automated technology is for you to wake up in the morning and go, hey, did Clockwise just delete this meeting? <laughs> so we shy away from full deletes. Sounds pretty good to me, but okay. So uh, I wrote a piece about meetings uh, a little while back about their, their kind of you know overall... Uh, terrible for productivity if they're done badly. How do you feel about meetings in general? And then how do you think, you know, changing the schedule um, makes them a little better? Yeah. So, so I think that the, you know, as a software engineer and as somebody who is a software engineering manager, um, I enjoy as much as everybody else bashing on meetings. Um, they, they get in the way, they can be extremely unproductive. They tend to capture way more attendees than they need. Um, often you sit around and wonder why you're there. But, you know, 
you do need them. And especially as we've all become more remote, more hybrid, they become a critical piece of connectivity. Um, sometimes you just need to hop on a call. So, you know, I, I think that it's about asking, A, does this need to be a meeting? Um, do we have the right set of attendees? But then also asking, does this work for everybody's schedule for what they need to get done? And and there, um, you know, Ryan, I, I, I am glad to hear that you're writing about this. I, there's so much good behavioral science on the cost of meetings. And, and normally when people think about the cost of meetings, they're doing a back of the head math of like, what's everybody's salaries in the room uh, multiplied <laughs> by the number of hours this is. And, and, and sure, like that's fun math to do, but, but there's a kind of a blast radius around every meeting. Um, and uh, there's this term uh, called attention residue. And, and I love it because it's so descriptive. I think we've all had that experience of you come out of a meeting and you're still thinking about some of the tasks and stuff that came out of it. Like you've, you've fully switched into meeting mode and getting back into work mode actually takes some time. It takes some time for you to switch context, to get back into flow, uh, to get back into running. That seems intuitive. One of the things that surprised me is that also exists at the front end of the meeting. Mm. Because as you're approaching that meeting, you know, you're, you're going, ah, I have five, 10 minutes left until this meeting. I'm not going to take on the rewrite of this function. I'm just, I'm going to go check Twitter. Or I'm going to, you know, go do something else. And so you did a pop out early too, unless um, you're like me sometimes and you're really in flow and then you arrive at the meeting five, 10 minutes late because you forgot. But so, so the, the timing and placement of it can really be pretty damaging because it's not just that 30 minutes you're in it. It might be 15 minutes on both sides. And, you know, if you only have 30 minutes between the meeting, you're just not going to, you're not going to switch context into something meaningful and, and substantive. I like to think of my day as broken up between the chunks of answering emails, snoozing emails, waiting for meetings, just finishing meetings. Uh, yeah. That's the day's over. I think the day's almost over. <laughs> so there's this author that your audience might be familiar with. Uh, his name's Cal Newport. He's a professor who studies productivity a lot. And he has kind of his most famous book is Deep Work. Mm -hmm. uh, and his his core thesis is that, you know, it, it actually takes work and practice to get in the flow and also to regularly pop into deep, meaningful, sustained work. And that Ben, that schedule that you just described, I think it's it, it's not just that it's you know you're flailing around through the course of the day, you're actually retraining your brain to kind of seek that dopamine hit of I'm going to snooze this, I'm going to take action on this meeting. I'm just like when you get into when your flow becomes batting away distractions and other things, and you don't actually have that heads down time to go into a flow state, it actually reprograms how you approach your day. Right. I mean, for me, this you're talking about the middle manager sweet spot. I mean, I, I just get that <laughs> sweet, sweet dopamine all day. I, I do the meeting. I, I send the email. I snooze the email. And it seems like it's, work, and, you know, it's working for me. Yeah, I was just going to say, I uh, very much relate to your complaints about your, your meeting flow schedule, Ben. Maybe it's a millennial cliche, but I feel like I spend the first the 20 minutes before every call sort of dreading the beginning of the call. And then I'm in the call and then I have to recover emotionally from the call. But I did want to ask you, like, obviously something that we think about and talk a lot about at Stack Overflow is developer experience and yeah. the quality of developers' lives and, and not just at work. And it sounds like you see Clockwise and tools like it as, as having a, a role to play in companies' efforts to 
make developers' lives at work better, to prevent burnout. Um, would you say that that's something that you've been thinking about kind of from the beginning with that tool? 100%. And, and it, so uh, I'll take you back a click here, which is uh, I was at Salesforce as uh, engineering manager. And this was after um, the company that I was at got acquired by Salesforce. So that was a, kind of a cultural upheaval in of itself. And uh, we spent so much time rightfully, like I am the type of engineer who can totally geek out on a build process and like get into the details on on how we're going to make uh, the startup time, the cold start time for a front end build faster and how we're going to make the iterative cycles faster. And because you can see the yield immediately on those results. You know, if everybody is able to make a change and see it in the browser faster, it's less likely that you get pulled out of flow. Um, and, and we all know what that's like, where you have a build that takes way too long. And so you go start on something else. And then by the time you come back, you're, you're forgetting. And so I love that sort of stuff. And we spent a lot of time as developers, engineers, as a community looking at how we can make those better. Um, you know, I'm I'm I fall prey just like everybody else to seeing a new JavaScript build tool that's a bit faster and be like, oh shit, we got to <laughs> use that. But meetings are such a bigger offender in a lot of ways, and we don't address those. And so that was really one of the insights that that led me to jump on this problem space. Is just you know, I think all everything we do in terms of developer velocity, developer productivity, in terms of the tooling is so critical. But there's this huge missing component, which is like. I don't have enough hours in the day because everybody keeps interrupting me or I don't have enough hours in the day because, you know, a recruiter, well-intentioned as they are, put an interview in the middle of my afternoon when I was supposed to go after this big project. And, and that sort of stuff happens all the time in organizations. I think it's so much more destructive to flow state and productivity than some of the other minor offenders. So yeah, yeah long-winded <laughs> answer to say yes. <laughs> so you said you don't cancel meetings, but you've rescheduled 12 million. What is the sort of like protocol you use for deciding when you can reschedule or what's a more efficient way to, you know, for multiple people, I guess, to meet up? Um, and yeah, I guess like, you know, is there a secret sauce there? Is it something very procedural? Is there a gen AI back there writing a poem that explains like when the meeting should be, how, how does it, how does it all happen? Yeah, it's actually, we, it's just turtles all the way down. <laughs> so a couple of different things here. One is, you know, sometimes I think that I'm truly nuts that I jumped into building a company where time zones and uh, recurrence rules <laughs> are our bread and butter. Like it's, it, <laughs> there's a lot of complexity in calendars and there's a lot of sensitivity. And so, I, I note that at the start because, um, for better or worse, we're we're relatively conservative in a lot of areas. More conservative than I would like to be as a startup founder because the worst thing that I can do for one of our customers is mess up their schedule. If I come in and mess up your schedule, make it worse, I burn a bridge and you're never coming back because that's a firing offense. And so where it all starts is we suggest to you a set of meetings that we think are scheduled inefficiently or we think could be improved. And you opt into either rescheduling them or letting us manage those meetings for you. And so a classic example might be, you know, a recurring one-on-one that you have with somebody in it. And, you know, some one-on-ones, they, you know, you really want them to have happen exactly 930 on Tuesday, if that's what works for you. But a lot of times it's just like, it's fine if it's every Tuesday. Like, I don't, I don't care that it's at 9am. That just happens to be what was available when it was first scheduled. And so then we, when you opt into that, We'll then look at your schedule and all other attendees, and uh, we take a pass uh, at a couple of different levels um, in order to look at what we can find a better time. But, the, but one of the most meaningful things we look at is, 
can we kind of like de-Swiss cheese this? Can we defragment the schedule? Um, so we'll try to make it so that you're in meeting mode and then you're in flow mode instead of jumping between the two. So if we see a 30-minute meeting that could be moved 30 minutes earlier to butt against another meeting or maybe a butt against your lunch or maybe a butt against another commitment that we've uh, we've synced over for your personal cal, we'll, we'll do that. Um, and then, of course, make sure that it works within time zones, make sure it works within the schedules of the other attendees, um, make sure that it works with some of the preferences that you set on our end. But the core of it is we're, we're trying to make your schedule more efficient. You know, some of the, uh, the research I saw was about that, the, the sort of like broken day. Um, but there was also um, research around, I think it was four or more meetings in a day that kind of ruined a person. Do you do anything around that? So there are a couple of things that we do here. So one is we, um, we're a great tool for enabling no meeting days. So if that's culturally something that you want to enable, and that's pretty popular among a lot of engineering uh, communities, uh, we do one on Wednesdays, uh, we'll help enforce that. So we'll help to automatically reschedule the meetings off of that day, but then also as you're scheduling into the day, if somebody schedules over it, we will send them an email that says as politely as we can, hey, this is a no meeting day for the team. Um, here's some other times that might work better. And then we do something similar for what we call focus time. So part of what Clockwise does is kind of the um, you know offense of moving the meetings to better times. But then a huge part of it is also defense. Uh, you know, Once you've opened up the time, now it looks like a really great time for somebody else to schedule with you. Uh, so we will automatically, again, all under control, but by default, we will automatically schedule focus time blocks where there are two plus hour blocks of time. Because again, according to some of the behavioral uh, literature, you need about two hours or more to really get into, like that's a good kind of proxy for flow state. So when we see two hours or more, we will put a block up and then we can defend that as well. Um, and we defend it through... Uh, communicate through your Slack status that you're in focus time, turning on D&D and Slack. But then also we can um, do the same thing that we do on no meeting days, which is somebody schedules over it. We'll politely send them uh, a response that says, hey, this has been declined because you know Ryan's trying to go heads down right now. Here's some better times for you. One of the other pieces of literature, I think this one came out of Microsoft's recent studies as everybody went uh, remote, is also how damaging it can be just to be in nonstop meetings. Um, that, you know, meeting overload and Zoom fatigue is not just something that we all perceive of. It, it's real. And there are a bunch of tricks that you can do, turn off the self-view, et cetera. But one of the best things is just take a break, get out of it, set, you know, take a walk. And so we also, you know, it, it speaks to the complexity of how people want their days to flow. But we also, if you're in two plus hours of meetings back to back, we'll insert a break automatically. And you can, you can reconfigure that however you want. That's just the default. So you can make it every 30 minutes. You can make it every four hours. But it is about that balance. You know, how, like, how does your day need to flow? What are the demands of your job? Are you just been a middle manager who just wants to move paper around? Um, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's great. We'll help you. Uh, but, <laughs> but if you want to go heads down, we'll also make that happen. Can you make me look busier? <laughs> like, could you put meetings on there that don't actually exist? <laughs> <laughs> That you know, we could do that, Ben. Maybe I'll Thank I'll make you. a feature for you that just is the Ben flag, and I'll just <laughs> right. we can use AI to auto generate random titles. It cancels real meetings and puts on fake meetings. So go. so jokes aside, one of my favorite things you get all sorts of trivia when you focus on meeting culture. At Google, there was a long running. They have an internal forum, and there's a long running thread. It was a very very popular one about what to name fake meetings 
so they don't get scheduled over. Um, and so people would take the strategy of, you know, scheduling a two hour, like product brainstorm session and then actually invite each other, but it was just to protect the time. So nobody would schedule with them. I love that. I love that. Amazing. You mentioned, you know, uh, the pandemic and remote work. Do you think meetings are harder because of remote work? Um, I know I've seen some literature around how zoom meetings or, or video conference meetings are sort of more taxing because of, you know, looking at your own face things like that. Yeah. You know, I've seen a a lot of data uh, on both sides of the equation. And I think it's like a lot of things with remote work, which is there are big pros and there are big cons. Um, And so you have to think about the balance of what works for you and your team. Um, So, you know, certainly there are things with remote work and meetings that are more difficult. You know, it's, it's um, easier for me to get distracted. Um, I'm already at my computer. I'm at my keyboard you know, really easy for me to just switch over that Slack window and start to triage things. People do that all the time. It is more taxing to look at yourself. I think that's been pretty well founded and you can turn off your self view, which helps a little bit. But you also like there's you know something human about three dimensionality that seems to be substantiated where it's just a little bit more difficult to look at somebody in flat 2D space um, and it doesn't, you lose a, a little bit of something. Mm. Zuckerberg is right. Bring it to the metaverse. <laughs> that's right. It'll, it'll feel more energizing. You know what I'm excited for, actually, digression is, have you all seen that um, Google experiment? I think it's called, I can't remember what yeah, it's called. Where it's like you walk in the holograms, like super real. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. They got it down to like a, I mean, it used to be like the size of a booth in a diner, you know? Like, yeah, it's but like a hyper presence machine. It's one of those X-Labs projects. If it, will, if it ever makes it to the light of day, I'll be very... Happy. I'll be happy and surprised. But they did yeah. get it down to kind of the monitor size and it's still exorbitantly expensive. But man, that sounds great. Just add like yeah. a little bit of real human interaction. But but on the flip side, Ryan, it's also um, easier to pop in, pop out. So like if example is you're working with a colleague on something and uh, I think people lose sight of this. It's something that gets missed in this because we don't want to bother each other. But if you're on Slack and you're going back and forth, you can flip open a Zoom meeting or you can flip open a Slack, whatever they call them, huddle or, or, or whatever mode you want to use and pop in for five minutes, talk about it, you know, face to face and pop out. Um, easier to schedule, easier to get a hold of people. But then the flip side of that, of course, is easier to schedule, easier to get a hold of people. So we saw right at the start of the pandemic, the number of meetings shot up because people were um, trying to accommodate old styles of working in remote. And so right. I think, again, it's about it's about team culture. It's about what works for the company. There's, there's unfortunately, I don't think any silver bullet here. It's about being more intentional about how you want to use meetings and when you want to use them. Hmm. From all the reading you've done on, on the research, and it sounds like, yeah, there is a lot of social science here. Is there any efficacy to having an EA, like a human person who helps you with this? Does that make life better for you as someone, who, or does that mean you have more meetings because more people feel like they can get on your calendar? You know, I think Superhuman and your service obviously seem like they're trying to find a, you know, a, a more process-driven, you know, software solution to this. But what does having an EA mean for your life of meetings? As someone who will never have an EA and who's will never reach that level. <laughs> so EAs are kind of the power user of calendar. So there's a, there's a stat that about 80% of, and you know, it's an average, but 80% of EA time is spent on the calendar, which is kind of remarkable when you think about it. Here's a, Here's a human whose whole day is supporting another human, can add a lot of value in a lot of areas, and they spend all their time on calendar. And so I think it's a little bit, Ben, there's an element of matter of necessity. You think about that and like yeah. you get to the point where the calendar is so busy, so nuts, you need another person that's taking almost full time to look at it. But if you're in that mode, it is, 
you know, it is a really nice luxury. Like now you have somebody who can translate your intent into the convoluted mess that is calendar. And what we've seen, and um, I'm very biased here, so I, w- I will own that, but I'm pretty stoked about it, is that barrier of access to EA. Um, there's huge room to democratize that if uh, we can get the the cost way down on providing that service. And the way to get that cost way down right now is I think generative AI actually does have a lot to offer here. And so Clockwise has been working on um, for the past couple of months, uh, a new breakthrough service that allows you to communicate with your calendar like you would an EA. And you actually see side by side the visual of what the proposal of the actions is. And some of the benefit that we've seen in early results is that um, you spend way less time managing the complexity of the meeting. Like, let's say I need to meet with uh, Ben tomorrow, but he's completely jammed. Uh, our service can actually suggest times that you know, maybe Ben has one of those fake meetings, or maybe it just looks mm-hmm. like it might be easy to move it and say, hey, you know, we found these, but um, do you want me to ask Ben about it? And it can automatically facilitate that. But it also allows that person to move at higher velocity. Like if you, if you have something that's mission critical and it's getting blocked because of either the complexity of trying to find a time for it or just the personal inertia of not picking it up and figuring that out, um, it can really help. EA's help for that, but I think that there's ample room to help everybody with that. Nice. Can I beta test this or do I need, is, do you have only like company yeah. level services? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, anybody, any, anybody here, anybody on the other side of this uh, podcast, clockwise.ai, sign up for the alpha. We're letting people in right now um, and it should be fully available not too long from now. I won't make any promises on dates, but. Okay, cool. Matt, anything we, that you feel like uh, you needed to say that we didn't hit on? I find that one of the most difficult transitions is when you're going from individual contributor to manager. And that's when your schedule can really feel awful. Mm-hmm. Because now you're living between worlds where you know, you're, you're kind of trying to get some IC level work done. But you're kind of in managers. That classic Paul Graham article, maker schedule versus manager schedule. And I think it's really critical to think with intent about how you're making that transition. I, I, I fell prey to this. I've seen so many people that I help out fall prey to it. You kind of try to maintain your IC schedule, but the, the managerial efforts necessarily exist on a, a longer time horizon. And so like you get less immediate pleasure from the work that you do as a manager than committing code. And so then you like defer other things and you jump on code things and you're, pretty soon you're really frazzled. So hmm. I would say managers need focus time. Everybody needs focus time. It's just how you think about it, incorporating that day in your day and in your week changes. Um, and so you have to think with intent about that. I like that. All right, everybody. It is that time of the show. I promise I did not plan this. This was awarded two hours ago, a great question badge to Joe Caruso. How do I get the current time in hours and minutes. <laughs> Asked nine years ago, viewed 203,000 times. So appreciate the great question. I'm trying to collect information from a system. I need to get the current time in hours and minutes. We have an answer for you. Helps if you're trying to build a calendar app, I promise. <laughs> I am Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me uh, on X at Ben Popper, DMX, if you want to get in my DMs. Uh, let's see, shoot us questions and suggestions podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you liked the show, then leave us a rating and review. If you didn't like the show, just don't, don't leave us anything and don't come back. We care less. (laughs) Salt, big salt, big salt day. Uh, I'm Ryan Donovan. 
I edit the blog here at Stack Overflow. It's found at stackoverflow.blog. You can find me on X at R. Thor Donovan. And my name is Ira May. I'm also on the content editorial team. And you can find me on text-based social media at Ira Maybe. So I'm Matt Martin. You can find me on X or basically any service as Voxmat, V-O-X-M-A-T-T. Uh, if you want to tune into my ex, it's usually just me laughing about Matt Gates being an idiot. Uh, but mm-hmm. you're welcome to tune in for uh, time management tips as well. And uh, uh, if you want to find out more about Clockwise, hit me in my DMs there for sure. I'm happy to talk about anything, but also the fast path is getclockwise.com. Very cool. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll we have a meeting. We'll talk to you soon. We have it set up. We'll talk to you soon. There's a meeting. Put a pin in it. It's on the calendar. It's on the books.